what? This what? is but this is straight out of the Marxist playbook. This is you know you Ooh. have to divide divide the the, the youth from the adults. Mm-hmm. Kill your parents. That's the uh, you know that's that's the way Not that literally. that's the way that Marxists operate. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. Today is December twenty second. Christmas is upon us. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what movie that's from? Um, yes. John Cusack. Uh. Remember the singing and dancing cheeseburger? Uh, no. Better off dead. Okay, I wouldn't have got it. <clears throat> Oh, so anyway, so we are just days away from Christmas. I'm really excited. So, but Mark, you had a trivia question. I did. Speaking of trivia. And speaking of Christmas. Speaking of Christmas. So the trivia question and nobody nobody got it. It was all good tries. It was good tries, but it was a tough one. The question was, according to the Internet Movie Database, how many movie versions of A Christmas Carol have been made? Mm -hmm. Not including television. Uh Uh-huh. And the answer was dun, 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 59. Wow. <laughs> 59. So you are guaranteed you can watch at least one version. Right. And <laughs> there's there's many versions of it out there, but you know, the, for for my money, the version with George C. Scott is still the best. There you go. And the yeah, that's that's just the one that you have to watch. Is it's the classic. The classic. Yeah, he was just he was just awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, today, yeah. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, first uh, we got a we did get an interesting uh, email. Oh, we did. That we wanted to talk about. So we had a listener write into us, and he said, "In case you didn't know already, we were watching ABC's A Million Little Things this week." in their episode called The Talk. And I caught a glimpse of the cover of It's Perfectly Normal, prominently displayed in the foreground of a shot about 28 minutes into the broadcast time. Now, we have talked about It's Perfectly Normal on yes, this show have. before. Let's do a little refresher. That's what I'd say. Why have we talked about that bookmark? Bookmark. Ah! Ah! It's Perfectly Normal is a... An illustrated book mm-hmm. written for... Ten-year-olds. Ten, ages 10 and up. 10 and up. One of the first CSE material books that we talked about on CSE the podcast. CSE is Comprehensive Sex Ed. Right. And It's Perfectly Normal is full of cartoon porn. Oh, yes. It is full of graphic illustrations of nudity and, and homosexuality homosexuality and all different forms of sexual content uh this is uh and it's it's a book that you can find in most public libraries in the children's section so and we talked about that and and Joel uh, wrote in and said that he w- had been listening to the podcast and he was keen to it. Mm-hmm. And he saw it and he screenshotted it and sent it to us. And lo and behold, there it is. And he says, thanks to you guys. I recognized it right away. That's the whole point That's of the whole point. what we do. Thank and, you, Joel, for yeah, writing in. I really do appreciate that. That yeah. helps us feel like we're, uh, you know, not just talking to ourselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we would do that anyway. <laughs> well, we do that anyway. I mean, um, but yeah, so it is, it is everywhere. When we say that it's everywhere, it really is everywhere. Yeah. And he made a good point and he said, well, they didn't show any of the, the contents of the book because that would be illegal. Uh, it would be illegal. It would be. But as we've seen lately, whether something is legal or illegal doesn't tend to stop these people. Right. So, you know, in the case of that, yeah, it would get flagged by the FCC. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to let that happen. But boy, we're sure pushing right into those boundaries. So and if and if you're just joining us, uh, Mark and I are working on a new document documentary film. And Mark, why don't you catch people up on sort of where we're at? Because documentaries are pretty interesting, mm -hmm. uh, especially just the way we do documentaries. I don't know how other people do, but mm -hmm. um, we kind of, we let the documentary take, let the movie, you know, speak for itself. And mm -hmm. it really starts to take on its own form as, as we go along and we interview more people. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of give people an update as to the direction of the film now? Right. So the kinds of documentaries that we do is really what would be called an investigative documentary. Um, it's almost it, it's almost journalism. I mean, it basically mm -hmm. is journalism yeah. in a in a feature length format. It's what journalism used to be. I never considered myself uh, wanting to be a journalist, but as investigative documentary filmmakers, that's what we do. That yeah. means that. That we don't go in with an agenda. We we go in and we find the story and we research it and we find people um, who can talk about various things related to the story. And we we don't script our film. We don't script interviews. We don't we don't give people uh, bullet points or or questions ahead of interviews. We'll when we. When we talk to people, we'll do what's called a pre-interview. Obviously, we have to know what they have to talk mm -hmm. about and get an idea of, you know, kind of what things we want specifically for them to talk about. But when we interview people, it's just a conversation. And uh, as opposed to something like a Michael Moore film, which is very, which is straight up propaganda. Mm -hmm. He'll go in and say, I want to make a film to prove this point. And everything that he puts into the film, even if it's taken wildly out of context, is to make the point that he's trying to make. And so mm -hmm. he lies through everything that he does is a lie, it, just like just like broadcast news is now. Right. It's all about an agenda. <laughs> it's all slanted with an agenda. And we leave things out that may be part of the story, but they're not part of the agenda that we're trying to push. All right. So we started where? We started with knowing that the film was going to be about comprehensive sex ed mm -hmm. and social emotional learning in the public school system right. through the curriculum. So, so where have our research and investigation taken us? Well, really, the research is is it very quickly took us back into history. Mm -hmm. You know, a hundred years plus back because we have to understand how we got to this point. You can't just start and say, you know, here's the problem. Well, to understand the problem, you have to understand how the problem came to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's taken us all the way back into a turn of the century here, mm -hmm. learning about how these shifts have happened over time. Uh, so there's a lot of history that we've had to come up to speed on. And then 
you know, your, your initial list of interviews, when we first were kind of pitching it to people and saying, we're going to, we're going to have this person and this person and like <laughs> probably 90% of those we've completely abandoned because mm-hmm. yeah, you realize, well, that's not really the direction that you want to talk. And, um, that person doesn't have anything to add. <laughs> well, and, and we really want to make it, you know, informative for today. And how can people best, you know, protect their kids, mm-hmm. their family, and just see a better way of life? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a couple of things too, as a viewer, that you can tell when you're watching something that's genuine and well researched and truthful versus something that's prepared in advance with a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, things like what. Unless the story is about a specific celebrity, most celebrities don't have much to add to a lot of stories like this. So when you see it full of well-known personalities, that's an indicator that this there's there's a a slant to this. There's probably an agenda to this. It's scripted in advance. I always think of, um, you know what we what we have seen as quote unquote reality television, you know, Survivor Island or, or you know, whatever these uh you know, these shows are where they're supposedly, you know, well, this is all this is all just happening in real time. It's not. You can tell because uh the audio is pristine, the lighting is pristine, and they've seemed to have cameras everywhere. That's that's an indicator of, hey, this has all been thought out in advance and they're not above, you know, writing in plot points and prompting people to do and say things that they normally wouldn't. We don't do that mm-hmm. at all. Um, we go in and we talk to people and just have a conversation and let people really tell the story. So you really can't know completely what a story is until you get into it. And you start finding out, hey, this isn't actually what I thought it was at all. It's more this direction. And when you when you tap into the right people that are really uh, on the front lines of what you're trying to tell a story about, they start connecting you with all kinds of other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's we started recording interviews a couple of weeks ago. We got our first three and mm-hmm. then it is sort of taken off on a rapid pace on its own whoa yes so we have several road trips scheduled and we're picking up interviews with people uh all over texas the florida going to virginia texas, going, yeah, west going, virginia going everywhere <laughs> and uh it's exciting but it is exciting it has taken on its own kind of its own life and it starts to tell you a true documentary tells you what it wants to be mm-hmm. as you go Right. And so I was doing some research into numbers and we're going to talk about an article that I ran across while I was um, doing a little bit of research. So just to give people perspective, there are about 50 million, 634,000, you know, kids who are enrolled in public school this year in the United States. And so you think about that and about 4 million graduate every year. Okay. Just just sort of numbers. Mm-hmm. I like I like numbers. So but while I was doing some research, I found a couple of things because I thought, well, I want to look at the homeschool sort of while we're talking about education, talk about and kind of look into the homeschool because we have friends 
who homeschool. And we've thought about homeschooling our kids, even though they go to a private school, we still have thought about, you know, just homeschooling them. Mm -hmm. So I came across this article while I was doing homeschool research and it's from Harvard. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be good. It's going to be full of equality. So the title is law school professor says there is little legal oversight of educational standards or safeguards against abuse. And now she goes into the whole reason why there needs to be more, you know, big brother in the homeschool Mm -hmm. arena. So and I pass that off to Mark. And what did you think of the article? Well, let me just let me just read. A little bit of this here. So first off, you can always tell what the slant is just from the title. There is little legal oversight of educational standards or safeguards against abuse. Uh And we're talking about homeschooling. So So now every homeschool parent is an abuser. Right. You're you're all a bunch of child abusers. And that's that's what's wrong. So we need to we need to control you. Nationally renowned child welfare expert. The experts are here. Elizabeth Bartholet (laughs) wants to see a radical transformation Hmm. in homeschooling. Mm -hmm. In an article in the Arizona Law Review entitled Homeschooling, Parent Rights Absolutism versus Child Rights to Education and Protection. Okay, now I have a big problem. I've been seeing more and more of this. Yes. Child rights. Yes. I am floored. And then they're literally, I just saw an article yesterday that came out because it's this, the UN, mm-hmm. because Google is now sending children emails alerting them that their parents are monitoring their activity. Yes, I am. That's what I do as a <laughs> what? parent. What? This what? is but this is straight out of the Marxist playbook. This is, you know, you have to divide divide the the, the youth from the adults. Mm-hmm. Kill your parents. That's the uh, you know, that's that's the way Not that, that's the way that Marxists operate. Listen to this. Uh, this woman, she argues that the lack of regulation in the homeschooling system poses a threat to children and society. How? I'm glad you asked. Uh, They asked her, how did homeschooling in the U.S. develop into such a fast-growing phenomenon over the past few decades? She responded, behind the rapid growth of the homeschooling movement is the growth in the conservative evangelical movement. Oh, those wicked evangelicals. Christians. Conservative Christians wanted the chance to bring their children up with their values and belief systems. Is it? Wait, 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 wait. Don't go any further. Because when when I read this, I thought, duh. (laughs) Thanks for noticing. (laughs) Duh. Yes. (laughs) That's what we're supposed to do. Protect our children. Oh, no, 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 no. It, let me continue. And they saw homeschooling as a way to escape from the secular education in public schools. Uh, let me just show you. Like, I can't wait to show you what they're actually teaching in those yes. secular public schools. Yes. You're going to get an eye opener. They had fought the battle with public school systems to have their children exempted from exposure to alternative values in the schools and lost when they started withdrawing their children for homeschooling, 
This propelled expansion of the homeschooling movement. In comparing homeschooling in the U.S. with other countries, if we look at what goes on in other countries, the U.S. stands out as the anomaly. Isn't that interesting? Because Google cited the U.N. Right. The U.N. Act. I don't know. It was like 1990 right. something we for need, the child we protection. We need to be more like China. We need to be more like Europe. When other countries allow homeschooling, they regulate it much more strictly. They demand that parents show they are qualified to teach <laughs> and that they turn in the curricula they plan to use. Are you qualified to teach your own children? I don't know. I should go ask Big Brother. <sighs> other countries impose home visit requirements which are both a protection against, here we go again, child maltreatment, and also a check on whether the parents are actually providing the education they say they are. Okay, and let's just, because we know several homeschool families, mm -hmm. um, I, don't even, I don't even know where to start. They're usually some of the brightest kids mm -hmm. in the community. So... so Oh. Some countries like Germany effectively oh, ban homeschooling altogether. I wonder why. In the U.S., there is essentially no effective regulation. Well, we all know what good regulatory <laughs> things have come out of Germany. Let's be more like them. One is the danger of child maltreatment. And we have evidence that there... <laughs> oh, look. We have evidence... Not cited anywhere in here. There's no evidence. We have, trust us. We have evidence that there is a strong connection between homeschooling and maltreatment, which I describe in my article. It is maltreatment to send your kids to public schools oh, anymore. Lord. Other dangers are that children are simply not learning basic academic skills. Those dummies. Or learning about the most basic democratic values of our society or getting the kind of exposure to alternative views that enables them to exercise meaningful choice about their future lives. You mean compromise on the authority of scripture. Yes. Is what you mean. Yes. You're, you're not allowing them the opportunity to choose a different gender, for example, or to or to share a restroom with someone of the opposite sex or maybe the opposite well, species. I just depends because they're allowed to be whatever they want when they walk in the, the door. Deer. Right. <laughs> uh, here, this is even better. Many homeschooling parents are extreme ideologues. Oh, committed, committed to raising their children within their belief systems, isolated from any societal influence. Um, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Wear that as a crown of honor. <laughs> Some believe, this is where it gets good. Some believe that black people are inferior to white people and others that women should be subject to men and not educated for careers, but instead raised to serve their fathers first and then their husbands. <laughs> You racists. <laughs> the danger is both to these children's and to society. 
the children may not have the chance to choose for themselves. Here we go again. Whether to exit these ideological communities. Society may not have the chance to teach them values Mm -hmm. important to the larger community, such as tolerance of other people's views and values. I could go on. But we won't. Uh, I had to put it down. I I, I, I read it all. I think what's interesting is, um, <clears throat> so we make laws that you can't buy cigarettes until you're 18. You can't drink until you're 21. Um, but we can put facilities in schools and let kids make the decision whether or not they can mutilate their bodies and then send the parents mm-hmm. a bill with with no explanation and the school's allowed to to do that so we try we keep our kids from harm for from smoking you know health health reasons right but you can you can mutilate your body but if you're if you're you know in school you can go to somebody because it's the child's choice mm-hmm uh, here's another one that you gave me. This one, this is from Forbes. This was how educate, just the title, how educational inequality in America could be impacted by the homeschooling pod frenzy. I'm t- you know, we weren't, e- listen, I wasn't even planning on researching homeschooling. Like we've been focused on public education, but then you see the attacks uh. for just the, the, against it is a wicked spiritual battle it is really mm-hmm. good versus evil it's awful we we don't homeschool our kids because we have a good christian school to send them to but if you are god bless you and keep it up mm-hmm. um we support you uh, uh clat, let me let me find <laughs> what, just one of the sections in this article under classism. One of the biggest concerns around this model, homeschooling, without intentional effort, these pod schooling groups will benefit economically advantaged families and will leave less affluent families worse off, further widening the socioeconomic divide in the U.S. Okay, so why don't you start actually teaching kids reading writing and arithmetic in school instead Mm -hmm. of the this social emotional learning then there wouldn't be a problem and there wouldn't be such a divide the public school system is screwing up millions of kids every year Uh, it's always funny because you can always tell what they what leftists and liberals i mean they're all the same what they feel guilty about because it's what they accuse you of Mm -hmm. classism Racism. This is all in this article. Um, um, what would school pods look like for children who live in public housing, for parents who are not able to work from home or who don't have the budget to hire teachers? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's this. They put up this straw man argument of right. that it's the, the only people that are doing this are these wealthy, the, uh, the you know. Uh, this and would create I, a less ex- ed- equitable education for kids that are not part of the upper middle class who are not part of the 1%. Excuse me. If you're part of the 1%, the ultra elite wealthy, 
you're not homeschooling your kids. You're sending them to these private academies. <laughs> you know, like all the senators and the congressmen get to do. Yeah. Right? Their kids all go to public or private academies somewhere. They don't have to go into the public school system. Mm-hmm. That's for all you little people. You little people. Well, I'm not part of the 1%. Are you? I Last you... I checked, I'm not. Remember, <laughs> I, mean... I was trying to write a check for a new Porsche. Oh, that's right. For the million dollar Porsche. It didn't work. Yeah um racism right there's a there's also a direct correlation between race and income um wow one of the most racist statements i've ever read with hispanic families earning 73 percent and black families earning 59 percent of the median household income that white families earn okay um i'm gonna move on from that um (laughs) Families that are inclined to form homeschool pods are more likely to do so with other families in their school or district. And those families that are able to afford more schooling resources and spend the time connecting and coordinating these pods are less likely to be black or brown. Okay, so here's 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 what's really interesting, because public schools get funding per pupil. Mm -hmm. So now everybody's freaking out. Because people are starting to homeschool their kids. Oh, and by the way, they're doing better at homeschool than mm-hmm. they ever were at the public school that is failing them. I mean, God bless those teachers mm-hmm. who are in there and who actually care. I mean, I don't I don't even I, I applaud teachers for what they do. Absolutely. But their hands are so tied. Yeah, they, and there's you nothing see they this can do. Junk curriculum that they're being forced to teach it's yeah, uh, yeah it's they insane yeah they 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 go in with with right motives and they realize when they get in there that they have very few options that this the, these mandates come down and you are forced to accept these things you're forced mm-hmm. to teach these things and what about discipline in the classroom oh my word i mean um so what else do they go in here they they <sighs> Uh, they talk about sexism. Um, it's just it's just not right. And ultimately what it is, you don't even have to read very far between the lines with these people because they they just they're screaming and yelling about this isn't fair mm-hmm. because you're taking your kids out of the system that we have created mm-hmm. to mold their minds into what we want them mm-hmm. to be. Thank you for noticing. Yes, that is the point of private school. That is the point of homeschool. We reject your educational system. Mm-hmm. It is corrupt. It's perverse. I'm not sending my kids there. Yeah. And, and we're ready to show you with the mind polluters. Yes. <laughs> and so the mind polluters is about how that has happened yeah. and, and just how bad how bad it is. It is it is really bad. I think it's really sad. Um, and, and we're going to interview Alex Newman um, here in a few weeks. But if you haven't listened to the Heidi St. John podcast mm-hmm. with Alex Newman, I really encourage you to go and listen to it. I will leave links in the show notes to all three episodes because it was really good. And yeah. Alex, Alex is actually going to be in our film. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the Mind Polluters. And so we're excited to go and um, grab that interview with him because what he's done over the years and to hear him say, the public education system, and he has spent a lot of time researching, it cannot be reformed. You can't fix what has been done. 
And it's interesting the reason he gives for that. He says when people say that the public education system is broken, mm-hmm. he says, no, it's not. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. Yep. And, and that's scary. When we when we talk about when we do films and you learn things as you go and we have these aha moments. Mm-hmm. And hearing him say that and it really I had to stop and really think about that and and he's right. Mm-hmm. He absolutely is right. Um it is doing exactly what it was designed to do and in the film you will see that. Mm-hmm. That the public education system is doing exactly what it was designed to do. And you, in order to understand that, you have to know who designed it. Yeah. And it goes back into some deep and dark places. And we will talk about that on another episode in the new year. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. That is all the time we have for today. Look for all of the different links in the show notes of the mentions from the podcast and have a very Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you on Thursday. Christmas Christmas Eve, Eve. Christmas special. (laughs) All right, guys, have a great day.